Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Rawcast. My name is James Price, here to take you through the odyssey that is the Brisbane Raw Football Club. And, well, we're the podcast around here that definitely likes the Hottest 100 from 20 years ago, just to give you some context of our thought processes. But I tell you what, it's been a big week, lots of dubbing by the dub and by the A-League. We've got three fantastic people here to talk you through it all. Mr. Dave Stewart, how are we? I'm good, mate, and I do th- still think my happiness should be our walkout song, as it was <laughs> the number one song 20 years ago. A man that strongly disagrees with that statement is Mr. Rick Evans. <laughs> hey, oh. how are we doing? I, I much I, this this week has very much been uh, song two by Blur. It's been a lot of woohoo in terms yeah. of our football. Yeah. 1997, and, <laughs> <laughs> and joining us as well after watching a bit of football, Mr. Ben Clark, how are we? Yes, I I, I would say this uh, this A League season is much more like you know Salvation by the Cranberries, um, and you know when compared to you know Robbie Fowler's you know glass animals um i was gonna say ruby yeah. fowl is more like zombie from the cranberries <laughs> he's yeah. in your head <laughs> yeah, it is isn't it anyway we, we yeah. promise never to say his name on this he is he is just the manager of the club where we have our loanee right. all right <laughs> that's all he is to us anymore <laughs> let's not bring him into it but we will start with the a league and it was a brisbane raw three dylan wenzel halls in the 37th and the 78th minutes and J.O. fucking get in there, Shay in the 45th with an absolute thunderbass. Well, not a thunderbass, actually. It was a beautifully placed shot. I think that's much fairer to say. Uh, Adelaide United did pull one back through Nathan Constantopoulos in the 82nd minute. Uh, apparently in front of 8,747 people at Dolphins. And uh, there was also a couple of bookings getting around. Joey Coletti, how does he get a yellow? He's, everyone just runs past him and around him and over him. Poor little Joey. In the 31st minute for Adelaide these days, of course, a Jay O'Shea got one in the 59th minute. Uh, Kai Truen, and we'll get on to his in the 66th, and uh, Corey Brownu in the 87th minute. Ooh, Dave, mm. this puts you in a good mood. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. I, I wasn't there for the game, this one. I was... Uh, over at a uh, uh, friend of the show, Ash Wynn's place, and we, we watched this on the telly, which means we didn't have to, um, you know, endure Redcliffe uh, parking lots at, uh, at some ridiculous hour of night. Um, some, of us have, some of us have worked out our little shortcuts around that. I, I would like yeah, to Yeah, but you can't, you can't get around a 30 to 40-minute delay because there was a thunderstorm in Sydney. <laughs> no, um, no, no. I, I blame Luke Bratton for that thunderstorm because he was involved in that game and he screwed us over in Radcliffe before. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> fair enough. No, it was, it was fantastic. It was just good football to watch, and I don't think there was a point where Adelaide really had any... Uh, any sort of momentum above us, aside from the final 10, where after Wenzel Hall scored, I think we probably dropped off a little bit. But everything up until that point was lovely. It's Moonball is not. I like Moonball. Moonball. That's it. That's it. That's what we're calling it, Moonball. It's uh, He's taking us to the moon. Rocket ship, rocket ship, rocket ship, rocket ship emoji. Goal, uh, diamond, 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 diamond. That's, I believe that's how yeah, we're doing it. Yep, diamond hands, diamond hands. Diamond hands, hold, diamond hands. Hold, diamond hold hands. all the Warren Moonstock you got. 
hold all the Warren Moon stock. And he's invested his stock wisely into Dylan Wenzel Halls. I'm sure you'd think uh, Mr. Ben Clark. I talk generally about the game as well. You don't have to just yeah, talk about look, Dylan that. Uh, and I, I think that Dylan's benefiting from a guy that's, you know, basically known him his entire career, um, you know, believing in him, like obviously sort of, you know, letting him sort of do his thing and you know we we the the team seeing the benefits he just looks like a player refreshed like he looks like a player like he looks like the player that first broke in there's there's really just very little you could say negatively about his game at the moment he's on an absolute rip snorting run of form he's involved in build up play it's not just the goals like he's really just taking it to another level and really yeah like that th- this is the thing i i commented that really, like, this was the game I felt. It's it's taken a little while, I think, to get manager who not must not be named, you know, bad habits out of the team. You know, as, as we saw, like, with the whole, you know, last six months of, uh, of you know, last you know, six months of Ange, the first six months of Ange, it took a while to blow the cobwebs out and get the new system sort of implemented. This one was probably a little bit more difficult because uh, so many of the players had been brought in to play Robbie's exact system. But I think that this was the game where it's all... Like, I didn't have any unpleasant reminders of last season. It was really just the other foot has been dropping for a while with a lot of these players. And I think this is a game where it fully just dropped and we can consign that era of Brisbane Roar's history to the dustbin once and for all because I, I saw nothing of the prior manager there. This was all Warren Moon, and this is what he clearly wanted to do from the start. You know, obviously needed to get a few of the habits out of some players first, and I think this was the game where it all sort of came together on that front. Obviously, it's been getting there and, you know, making progress towards that. But I think this was a game where it all sort of crystallised and we saw what Warren wants to do and that is play really fucking entertaining football and press the attack pretty much constantly and not really let the foot off the throat. Because, I mean, that first half was just ridiculous. Obviously, the I would sort of differ a little bit with Dave's assessment. Like, I thought the first sort of 10 minutes of the second hung for so was a little bit Adelaide heavy as well. But, like, really, they had tiny spurts and they never looked like they were going to do anything with it. That's all they were reduced to. Like, I think we made them play poorly. We played well. It all kind of came together. You were in the stands with me, Rick, at this game, and I'm sure you would agree, like, some of the tactical variances that Warren did start to make coming into this game as well, they, you know, it really obviously sort of paid off um, in, in just restricting yeah. Adelaide and just everything tried to do. Yeah, it, it certainly did. It, it was noticeable from you know, the game before. Game before we started with a, a back line of, of four, and um, you know I, I think we were playing kind of a four-two-three-one in the previous game. But this game was very much um, kind of a bit of the the end of the last game where we brought on Truen, um, and we kind of started that way. But it was it was slightly different again. It was it was very much a kind of a Three, three at the back. Um, Corey and, and Jack were given the the license to really bomb up the wings, and um, 
and do their kind of wing back sort of thing. And it was it was almost you know the the formation was a bit narrower. I thought um, we weren't we weren't as wide in terms of our front guys. So I think I, I saw it described as, as more of like a, a, a kind of a five two two one, which was a bit a bit different mm-hmm. again. Um, do, you, where, do you reckon? You reckon like Scotty McDonald was sort of like Scotty McDonald and Dan Danzaki were sort of playing in behind Dylan? We, as like yeah, a, we, we we're playing a lot more direct. Um, we weren't yeah. kind of you know the, the 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 wings were were really just where Jack and and Corey were were operating. It wasn't so much being um, you know Scott and and um, I'm just getting his who was on the other side, but uh, okay, exactly. yeah, yeah, um, exactly, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, it's. It's it seems like you know Warren is actually you know, putting thought into each each game into where the strengths and weaknesses of their of the opposition they're playing is and um, and trying to make their football um, you know accommodate that and, and actually target those those weaknesses. Absolutely, and I guess that really sort of showed off for probably our first goal, Dave, where you know it was our right our right wing back as such, uh, pushing really on and just getting to the byline to, to clip it back for Wenzel Halls. Yeah, well, then he just kept it in, didn't he? Um, <laughs> it was a good effort to, to keep going and, and not let it run just over the back line because it's it's, it's one of those ones which could have been just out of reach and you, you, almost to forgiven the player for just kind of thinking it's too hard to get to. I'll save my energy. Good on Hingit for making the extra effort, but excellent work by Wenzel Halls to get the head to it um, near stick. I don't think he... I think that's the first header he's scored um, out of all the goals he's scored for us. I don't think he's scored any headers beforehand. Um, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, probably hasn't. I mean, he hasn't scored a stupid number of goals for us, but yeah, he's, he's not he's, yeah, he's a normal guy. I think mostly he's, he's kind of very good at where the ball at his feet, but yeah, on the head it's not as much. So it's great to see him kind of get a goal like that, um, whereas glanced it across. He doesn't need to get a whole lot, but just enough to kind of get it back past the keeper. Keeper was all at sea. He got an absolute mare of a game, as we'll touch on with his with the third goal. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, excellent run by, by Dylan. Excellent um, bit of effort by Hingit to get there. And I think generally he and Corey Brown had really good games, mm. just uh, you know creating that width. And, and, yeah, just a top finish and, right. and a great result. I also yeah. just wanted to say on that as well, like because Jack could have been forgiven for giving up on that one. By the same token, so could Dylan. And I mean, Dylan was scrambling to get to it once he realised that the ball was on. Dylan was scrambling, but he was in a good enough position to start with that he didn't need to really like uh, absolutely bust a guard or be caught out. Like he was still keeping up with it enough that he could make that little dart, just get the right side to get the touch that he needed and just an instinctive finish. I just really uh, it really enjoyed that goal, both from Jack's perspective of just the absolute pure effort to get there and Dylan's just awareness of the situation and, you know, adapting quicker than the defender did and obviously <laughs> than the goalkeeper did. Yeah, and this is and this is where I would say that Moonball sort of really showed as well. Like watching back the highlights of this one, not something I, you know, you sort of really picked up in the game, but 
uh, just the movement between the players to actually create the space for the overlap. They probably tried about three times to get Jack released. Um, I think it was O'Shea, yeah. Dan, Dan Zaki. I think Dylan Wenzel might have come in as well for a pass in there. So they kept working to try and find the right option, but they kept the ball, kept circulating around, and then eventually Jack was in, whoever was playing left back for Adelaide, was able to get in behind him on a hard run. Uh, admittedly, Dan Zaki probably overhit it a bit because he did have to stretch so hard for it, but still... Obviously got there, as you say, and was able to put it there. Dylan has the awareness to keep pushing and that, you know, try and be in the right, Johnny in the right spot. So and I think, yeah, he's not much of a header, but yeah, he like did get they, up there. They, they, they've just been trying that over and over because, you know, he just kept getting that overlap and they just weren't quite getting the balls down there. But you just thought, okay, it's, it's inevitable that we're going to come up with a good cross from this position because he just kept getting there. Like... It, the the whole first half, him and to a lesser extent Corey were just finding themselves in acres out on the out on the flanks, and then we we had numbers because of the way that the team was structured. So we had Dylan obviously leading the line, pushing like the that last defender, but we also had Riku and Scotty basically there to crumb anything that came out you know it, or maybe came a bit deeper it it it, it looked it felt so refreshing because you know obviously all of last season and you know a little bit of this we just haven't had the players in those positions to take advantage of those overlaps and everything else so yeah it's it it was just good to see and probably there was a little bit more of it maybe not quite extreme as well for the second goal rick uh with uh JSA's lovely sort of whipped in, uh, I don't know how you want to, how, you, you go ahead and try and describe it for the dear listeners. Yeah, well, Jay, Jay O'Shea typically has at least one of these shots every single game he plays where he's got a, a bit of a, a shot from range. And every time before this one, it has gone at least 15 metres over the bar and <laughs> just, you know, gone into the stratosphere. He had one Whatever he did different. <laughs> Yeah, whatever he did differently for this one, he needs to do that every time because this one actually didn't uh, reach orbit. It actually dipped a bit, and yeah, you know, he he kept it on target, and it it went in nicely. He he, what he did differently was he put it on target. That's the yeah. difference. <laughs> I right. I'm, I'm referring to more how he struck the ball. Oh, okay, he, he, okay, sorry. No, no, no. Rather, rather, rather than back. getting the seven iron out, he actually got the three iron out and, and he kept it, it lower. He shot. He shot towards the RSL or the Leafs Club end because you can't hit row Z when there's only a balcony. Well, there, there are people playing the pokies uh, that you can't hit if you hit it right. So he, he could have been aiming for that, but he hit it a bit low. I'm just going to see Mitchell Munnar sets off the jackpot that if he gets yes. it into the into the image the pokey area. Just thinking this ball goes to the pokey area, hits the button, and all of a sudden it hits the jackpot, and no one's sitting there. He's just like, well, I'll claim that. Thanks, that was my <laughs> ball. <I think> that. <laughs> That's my goal bonus there. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, uh, it's it was a beautifully goal. And, uh, yeah, you're right. He does take those – he does try to take those opportunities a lot. So when he gets it on target, it looks great. And then other times he's kicking it onto the balcony of the league's club. So, But we'll take it, and we'll appreciate when it, he does score him. And probably, um, I guess, moving on, which really probably, I, I do agree that probably with a bit with Ben that Adelaide sort of dominated the second half a bit early. We will sort of probably playing a little bit more on the counter-attack, but then again, we're two goals up, so, you know, they have to come out and try, and, you know, we did defend them quite well. But probably, I guess, obviously, the, the sealer moment, though, was, um, yeah, 
It was not a moment that he'll remember very well. Do you want to talk about this one, Dave? You want to talk about Mr. Delanov's? Um, yeah, well, let's, let's talk about. Um, we want to talk Dylan's run first, but it, 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 in the lead up, yeah, because, because he he came on, he was pushing on down the left. He was basically pushing. Uh, who was there right back at the time? Uh, not Noah Smith, the other fella. Um, I think it was Takuli. He was basically backtracking. He was not having a bar of, of Dylan on the run. And it just let Dylan cut in and cut in. He cut in a couple of times to, to kind of size mm-hmm. up the shot. And by the time he took the shot, the ball had moved, you know, far enough to the to the inside for Dylan off to maybe be out of position. For when the shot came in, but it's a shot he should have saved. Holy crap! It went through his hands basically. It's he, he took all the power off it with the with his attempted stop, and it rolled into the back of the net from there. But wow, what a shocker! From what a clanger from the keeper. That was absolutely terrible. At the same time, kudos to Dylan for for getting into position to be able to take the shot because it's those ones you could have twenty of those shots, and if one goes in, you've got to go on the board, and the other team doesn't. They still have to stop it from going there. So right, that's what you always say. Put them on, put them on target, right? Like just. You know, it doesn't matter if sometimes you're shooting it straight out and sometimes it'll go through. And, uh, yeah, but fair to say, if we're playing indoor together, Rick, and I'd let that through my legs, you'd probably give me a bollocky. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, the, the keeper definitely laid an egg on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But you're right. The, the run was fantastic from Dylan. Like, it was a good mazy run. And that's sort of – I mean, he had other shots as well that it sort of – he had another one that flashed across the face that Dylan have just got a bit of a save on to get a wide. Like, um, you know, the confidence is up and, you know, he's trying from different angles and – yeah, I mean that's and it's paying off. So shots. Yeah, and plenty just... of opportunity. Plenty of opportunity, and he's doing like he, he can see he's a player that's got a lot of confidence at the moment, and now he's top of the golden boot. He's actually got the most goal involvements in the league because he's got two assists to his name as well. So he's involved in six goals uh, more than any other player in the league. He is on fire, and. More of it. Absolutely. Dylan's on fire. Your defense is terrified. Probably, what else do we want to... There was a... Does anyone care to talk about the penalty shot that Ben Halloran might have potentially been asking for? It was not a penalty. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Thank you. And, and Suck it, Gold Coast United scum. The, the, the one thing I'd say about kind of... <laughs> I, the one thing I'd say about kind of with, with Adelaide, you know, getting more of the ball in the second half was from a... Uh, you know, a goalkeeping perspective, we didn't really have to chant the Super Freak's name much. I think we chanted it once the whole game, which mm-hmm. really said that, you know, even though Adelaide may have had more of the ball in the second half, they didn't really create any threats that, that really had to, you know, call the Super Freak into making saves. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he, he wasn't he wasn't forced to make many saves at all. Uh, and that's... And that just shows, yeah, you're right, that he didn't have to do too much. And that's always a good sign when your goalkeeper is quiet. So, you know, I think we've said that plenty of times that it's great that when Jamie Young makes a 10,000 amazing saves, but also could we not rely on our goalkeeper making 10,000 amazing saves? And that would also be quite handy. So uh, uh, I'm just trying to see what the save percentages were as I scroll very quickly through the Facebook. Uh, So he made... Yeah, <laughs> he only faced one shot, uh, Mr. Freak, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, um, he didn't save it. It was a bit of a long-range speculator, but he did probably tuck it nicely into the corner, did um, Kostendopoulos, uh, and it sort of had that... It came in off the post. Yeah. came in off the post, so it tucked away it nice. that, um, And that always, that bounce just before the hands makes it a bit tricky. So, you know, he, he's placed it pretty well. So, yeah, but it thankfully didn't uh, freak, um, didn't uh, spook them into... Some amazing late recovery, and uh, away we went. So, yeah. 
fantastic win. Oh, did you want to talk about Kai? There was a yeah, challenge by Kai Truen that you'd uh, just marked down there, Dave. Did you? What did you reckon about that one? Yeah, look, the referee's got it right. It was a yellow card. There are there will be calls from Adelaide people and some not Adelaide fans that not Adelaide fans that will probably say it's a red. Uh, it was orange, right? It was to the point where it was a yellow, but he's his studs might have been showing, but he's gotten the ball with the studs. Uh, at the, it might have been trailing leg mm. or anything, or the balls kind of tripped him up as the as the foot's come across. So, uh, Tremans probably could have timed it better, probably could have placed the foot better, so it wasn't so spiky. But the referee's got it right um, in terms of what he's dished out there. Yeah, he's caught the ball first, though, that, and that's the key thing there. He's not he's not attacked the player; he's attacked the ball, and the player was probably a lot closer than he expected it to be. Yellow card, but with an orange tinge. Fair enough. Anything else we want to say about that? Uh, I, want to, I do want to very quickly say, I think last game was at 9,000, just a tick over 9,000. Is that right? I could probably go back and look at the previous Yeah, something there. like that. In, I thought yeah, it was 9-6. 9-6, yeah. But this one looked a lot emptier um, than that one, which, yeah, makes me... So I don't know, like, maybe they're still working out how things... Like, it's hard, I guess, to know... It's a new stadium, so you don't just have that inbuilt sort of, oh, yeah, that looks about this ish number sort of inbuilt into your head yet. So, but yeah, watching some of the replays, it was very empty. I didn't realize how empty it was around either side of the den. Yeah, there was sort of quite a lot of empty seats there. But yeah, late kickoff, maybe. Um, oh, yeah, the late kickoff, which then got extended even later. Uh, that yeah. uh, certainly wouldn't help probably get the families out there. But anyway, a fantastic win. Uh, and yeah, the, I think the, we roll on. Three. The, 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 the one thing on the I the one thing I did want to on just before we left that game was hmm. just how quiet we kept both Mohamed Toure and Alassane Toure when he came on. I thought that was really impressive from our centre-back. No, that's not an easy task given their form. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was a very good shout. So, yeah, they were, they were very quiet and... Uh, yeah, I mean they're big boys. They're big boys for their age, uh, and uh, but they were very well marshaled by our our superstars at the back there. So that does leave us in. We are top of the league. See, we are top of the league. Fuck Sydney. Fuck Sydney. Thank you, Dave. Uh, yes, first place at the moment. We played for one three, drawn none, lost one, eight goals for four against. We are. Uh, tied at the top of the league, but we were on head on goal difference, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, so yeah. nine points on the board for us. And uh, and that would, I think, the team that's tied with this is Central Coast. They played one more game than us. So that's, uh, you know, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Next game for the Brisbane Roar is Melbourne Victory. So this was the one that was meant to be this game, but then it was delayed. And eh, COVID times, you know, do we really care who was meant to play what when? We just roll the games when they happen. Uh, so Saturday, 6th of February, 4.05 p.m. kickoff. So that'll be nice and warm for that one. Just hopefully they're having a cold snap in Melbourne this week. So that'll um, that'd be good if we can happen. It's in Brisbane, mate. It's in Brisbane. I know. I'm saying, oh. you know, if they had a cold snap in Melbourne, oh, it's warm up right. here. It'll be home ground advantage. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 4.05 p.m. kickoff out there at a Dolphin Stadium. Uh, nice to 40 minutes away from Brisbane, according to Adam Peacock, which is a little more realistic than Redcliffe advertising. I've seen it says it's only 30 minutes away from the CBD. Is, uh, Adam, is Adam flying from Brisbane? <laughs> Adam, is what, Adam is doing it from a studio in Sydney, so like he cares. <laughs> Actually, just on that, that was very noticeable because that J.O. Shea goal, the crowd noise, 
did not come through like it would have if he didn't have uh, a studio overlay from Sydney. If there was someone there commentating in, at the space and you had the crowd noise as per normal, it would have gone off, I'm sure. I, but from home, it didn't sound like it was. Yeah, it's yeah. I noticed that watching the replay back. Yeah, the the the, um, the commentary did sort of match the fact that it is very detached. Like, really, that is the sort of goal that Simon Hill's commentary would have absolutely gone ape shit about. You know, it's it's very noticeable that we've got some very pedestrian, dull commentators this season because, it, like, that goal deserved more than what, you know, Adam could bring to it. And and that's not a fault on Adam. Like, he's not meant to be a commentator. Like, it's just a little bit of a symptom of something else we'll get to later about the way that Fox are treating it at the moment um, as a sport. And um, Yeah, I think we... Um, I, I, yeah, that's something I think I picked up. Adam just does... Adam Peacock is... He knows the game back to front very well, but he just doesn't have that sort of that vocal range just to really, like... To do the pump up, like yeah, it just to give you that excitement when something great happens. So, yeah. Anyway, we've definitely got more talking about Fox to do <laughs> down later in the new section. So, um, that just sprinkled all, all the way through um, as well. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about Fox. Uh, let's so uh, Melbourne Victory uh, who are coming up here, eleventh place. I we played for only one the one game, a drawn one, lost two. Uh, three goals for five against that win was a really late one against Adelaide uh, over in Adelaide. So they had to win it late where we've sort of comprehensively beaten them on the weekend. They lost to, they lost to Perth on Australia day. I want to say, and I don't think they played on the weekend off the top of my head. Unless as I quickly scroll, Oh no, that's right. They had the nuller draw with um, in the Melbourne Derby. So against Western United, uh, which I didn't see much of, but from all reports, it was actually a reasonably entertaining game for a nil-all draw. Melbourne victory. What do you reckon, Dave? I mean, we've already played them once and beaten them once this season as well, of course. We, we shall not forget. But, uh, yeah, what are you making of Melbourne victory so far this season? Uh, yep. Yep. I mean, they, what they finished last year, um, 10th. 11th. 10th or 11th, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah hang well, on. Yeah, they didn't finish 11th because we only had 11 teams. So they finished 10th. Yeah, yeah. they might go one better and go 11th this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not setting they're the not world on fire. They're not right. crash out, right? They, they've got um, the, the anti-vaxxer Shotten, which is um, uh, hilarious because his name is like a vaccine shot. Um, but he's... Um, uh, he's their, isn't he their big kind of, oh, not that he's not marquee plays, it's like Butterfield or something like that's come in, is the other one. Mm. But, uh, and, and McManaman has scored against us. But aside from those guys, and they've had injuries as well. because I think, well, McManaman yeah. missed on the weekend. Robbie Cruz still out injured. Uh, on Marco Rojas did play on the weekends. I think it's I think it's more important to name when Robbie Cruz is not injured as opposed to when he is. He's just assumed <laughs> to be permanently injured. He's got glass ankles. Yeah. Um, he's, look, Melbourne Victory, uh, they'll, they'll provide a test, but I would expect us to beat them with the way that we're playing, with the way that Warren Moon can adapt. His, you know, his adaptability is what got us through that game against Victory in Melbourne. Um, I would expect that that would hopefully get us <clears throat> through this one as well. Um, and I don't think Victory have actually left the state. This is the first game outside of Victoria. Uh, I think they went to Adelaide. 
Oh, no? sorry, you're right. Yeah, they, yeah, you're right. They'd go to Adelaide. Sorry. Because that's even, so far, you know. <laughs> so yeah. far from Melbourne, Adelaide. It's, yeah. I don't see much with Melbourne. And they've got good players, but whether Brebner, and this will come, probably come back to bite me on the ass, but whether Brebner's actually going to get them all together to do anything or to be seen, and I'm not super impressed by them at the moment, I would expect probably three points, to be honest. Yeah. Ben, Rick, was it you that had the back and forth with our good friend Dave from the For Fuck's Sake podcast, Dave? Was it a Dave on Dave crime uh, that was committed there? Um, no. I, I do remember Dave from For Fuck's Sake mentioning that he likes what he's seen from Ryan Shotton because he takes risks and uh, those risks pay off. I did see not, that. <laughs> not usually something that you see noted as a positive about a central defender. Um, it's, so um, he goes a bit, um, oh, what's that bloody um, Brazilian defender? Um, <laughs> Not Valderrama, he's bloody <laughs> Colombian. <laughs> Brazilian. Yes, he, he, he's, he's an English shite, David Luiz. Because um, <laughs> he, he, yeah, like, uh, I haven't, I, I, I must say, I haven't seen him to really judge, but if a noted positive is that he takes risks, then... That is not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Interesting news, though. Max Crocombe has managed to make some saves for Melbourne Victory this season. So, you know, um, good work by him, I suppose. Bouncing back after his time in Brisbane. <laughs> uh, yeah. never, never, too, never too late to learn new tricks, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, look, I'm just hoping that Margate hot, pie, hot bread pies are back because uh, they weren't there on the weekend. So uh, I missed them. I was very disappointed, and I'm just hoping that they're back and uh, I can complete my my Dolphins experience. All right. Yeah, I, I, I expect them to be back because it's an afternoon game, and uh, much much like, uh, you know, the, the amount of purchasing of pies um, by probably us in the, in the den, I, I expect, uh, you know, that to mimic the, the uh, scoreline um, that we'll see against <laughs> Victory. I I, I yeah. think we're in a, we have a real good chance of doing uh, what the women did to the uh, the female victory team that we'll be talking about uh, shortly. Like right now, because that is a great segue to segue into our fantastic W League team. We're waiting for them. We're waiting. We're waiting patiently through draw after draw for the floodgates to open. And boy, oh boy, did they open. <laughs> It was Brisbane Raw 6. That's right, 6 of the best. A bit of Hawaii 5-0 for about two minutes as well. Uh, it was uh, Mario Hecker in the 26th getting started. A lovely tap-in from a great ball across the face from uh, Emily Gilnick. Tamika Yowup in the 39th minute uh, with a long-chain shot. Shani Freya turning them inside out in the 64th. M. Gilnick herself uh, in the 76. I can't remember what the first one was that she scored. Uh, I can remember the second one, though. is the one where she broke and cut uh, along. All these goals. 76, 76 was the header, uh, the near post, but really far away from the near post header that floated into the back stick. Okay. Yes, yes, yep, 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 yep. 90 plus first one was the one where she broke past the last defenders and shot it underneath the goalkeeper's arms. And Winona Heatley uh, scored from about... Uh, 
2.3 centimetres out of the goal uh, off her chest <laughs> after it hit the crossbar. And Melbourne Victory didn't score, which is just great. It feels really great. Uh, great happiness when I see Melbourne Victory not scoring because, um, you know, I don't like them. I, I don't. I really don't. And I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, attendance, 1,455 in attendance down there at the Croatia Gold Coast Centre. Uh, then there, home of the Gold Coast Knights. Bookings to Catherine Zimmerman in the 14th minute for victory. Aliyah Prebatelli in the 55th. And Melinda Barbieri in the 90 plus fourth as well. Hey, Rick. Where do you want to start with all this? You were down at the Gold Coast oh. with me, watching this one nice and live. It, it it was wonderful to see everything kind of fall into place. Um, that's kind of the the difference between the first four games and, and this one. It was, um, you know, watching the first four games, frustrating in the final third. We just couldn't put it together in the final third. Um, and this game, we just blew them off the park. Um, it, you know, they, they were never really in it at all. Um, it, was, it was noticeable. Um, even with you know Minnie out of the squad, uh, Olivia Chance came in on on you know her starting debut for for the club, and she just smashed it. Um, she just she she really dominated the midfield for us, and um, and yeah, the the victory midfield never got into it. Yeah, that's it. It was um yeah. I mean once once the once the floodgates opened, it, there wasn't much turning back. It was pretty tight early though, Dave. I reckon you'd say, and then uh, yeah, but the the victory, the victory just looked all over the shop. Yeah, it was tight in the sense that um, you know, no one could really break through uh, so much. There was a bit of uh, we probably still had the lion's share of the chances, uh, but victory had probably the majority of anything that they had in that section of the game. Yeah, a little, little bit of a tight match, but then we really kind of broke free and we, well, I tell you what, the the first fifteen minutes is kind of when and we'll get onto the fox stuff in a moment, but that's when a lot of the home viewers missed a fair chunk of the game. Um, <laughs> And when we came back, Brisbane was just dominant, and it was just we were just dominant for the rest of the game from there. Um, it's like if we just drop the coverage for about two minutes, then Brisbane just becomes amazing going <laughs> going forward. Um, so maybe we, we should try just... it if we're losing, maybe once or something like that. <laughs> maybe we should just drop the first two minutes of every game and then just like dominate the rest of the game from there. Um, yeah, that would it was that first fifteen minutes was a little bit cage, a little bit tighter. Um, but victory would never, never any match going forward from that point onwards, and we just racked them up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, starting debuts um, for Olivia Chance, the Kiwi, Shani Freya as well. And yeah, first up goals for Eckhart Freya and Wernona Heatley. So yeah, lots of goals. What's pick one of your or two of your best, Ben? What was uh, some of your favourites from all of that? A little bit of a bias here, but I just really, I didn't really care about the quality of the goals. I was just so glad to see M on the score sheet because she's one of these players that once she gets in a run, she fucking goes on a run. And so when I when I saw that happen, I'm like, right, well we're good for a few games now. Yeah, you know, as we'll get to, that that's kind of borne out. I was just so pleased for her because she'd been just missing by fuck all the first little while and, you know, Obviously, well documented by us, the the first few games of you know was a bit of a struggle for her. But yeah, just seeing her sort of come to life in mm -hmm. this one was just really 
really fantastic. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, and to make Yelts coming back was, win. you know, fantastic uh, from the injury. Katrina Gray did miss out. Um, I'm, we're pretty sure for injury um, at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it, it is injury. She did miss on the weekend. She was in. The, she was named in the squad, but then like the extended squad for this weekend's game that just went by, which we'll get to in a second, but um, not in the team. So, yeah, which um, just will create a great headache when she is back available because, um, yeah, a, a team that has Olivia Chance and Katrina Gary running the midfield in it, um, yeah, that's uh, that's going to take some uh, some defending by opposition teams, that's for sure. And when you've got a front sort of three of Hecker, Yallop, and, um, and um, uh, Gilnick, that's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different styles of players that can really attack you in different ways, and that's, and that's the variety that should hopefully really be able to push them on. I was just going to mention very quickly, and uh, as we'll get to in news, even more good players coming in to, uh, you know, uh, make selection headaches. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's yeah, that's a selection headache, all right, as well. Rick, what were you going to say? Yeah, some someone I was really happy for was actually Eka getting a uh, getting her first goal for the club. Um, I've I've felt through throughout the games that you know all the game or WLA games that we've played. Um, I've I've kind of I've made a fairly early call and saying I I I get the same feeling watching her that I do when I was watching Thomas Broish. I feel like every time she gets the ball, that something is going to happen, um, and she—it just feels like she she has the ability to create a lot of opportunities, um, put a lot of balls into to our other attackers when she gets it wide, and she showed in in the uh, in the victory game that she can also you know get into the center and uh, and receive balls and just you know put it past the keeper, which was I thought was great. Yeah, fantastic, Dave. Yeah. Dave. Yeah, is it time? Before you mention that, do you want, do you want to say something positive before we get onto the negative? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, congrats to, to Eka and, and Freya for getting their debut goals as well. That's massive. Um, mm-hmm. But also massive. I'm really happy that Heatley scored, even though because she's a defender, right? You're not going to expect her to score. I think the last show I mentioned, yeah, I, I really rate Heatley. I think she's going to be an incredible, incredible player. She's young, but she's got so much potential. And I think. Out of all those six goals, I probably got up off the couch and cheered that one as much as as hard as any of the others. Even though we had, it was basically icing on the cake, cherry on the cake, that was a um, uh, it's opportunistic, right? But she had to be there and she tucked it away off the off the crossbar. So, yeah, stoked for. Um, we sort of cross in by Dalton as well. I think she was the one that yeah whipped it in. So yeah, so it, it could have been a goal for her if it just dipped that little bit, right? So. Um, yeah, no, incredible. Uh, well done to, to all three goal scorers getting their first dub goals. That was um, really nice to see that there was a, a few names on that score sheet and a couple of um, a couple of old hands in Yellop and Gilnick getting a couple, uh, getting a few as well. Yeah, that's and I feel like maybe to me, Meeks might have had a bit of a, you know, might, might have been getting a little bit of a, you know, oh, am I going to score again? So good for her to get it on. She got absolutely, um, yeah, Polex just before half time as well and soldiered on. So, um. We were wondering whether she might even come back out in the second half, but she did and, and put in most of a shift as well. So, uh, yeah, fantastic by her. Yeah, and then we're going to – yeah, anyway. It's positives all around. Yeah, positives all let's around. Get down, let's get to the negatives now. Let's get the and negatives. Team. The team's fantastic. Let's the talk team's about fantastic. The, the quality product on the field for the W League, it's um, it's fantastic. I think the A-League's good as well. Like, I think the A-League with young players stepping up has been good as well. But where it's getting let down, the W League, and this is getting well covered around in the W League sort of reporting circles, it's just – 
uh, the coverage and uh, whether it's the companies they're subcontracting out to or or it's themselves we're not quite sure but you know so what happened in this one they lost the entire feed of the game in the 16th minute for about five minutes uh which is not good they proceeded apparently to go to adverts and uh then highlights so i didn't even know this one until i saw it in the run sheet you know, obviously being at the game uh, oh, <laughs> I, I i tweeted this one i was paying attention and that sh- just shit me off because you gotta know your audience for fuck's sake yeah, highlights of Sydney FC scoring ACL goals. Uh, come on, it was Brisbane and victory. Like, like anyone in either of those two teams wants to see Sydney FC doing well. That's Brisbane, not good enough. Our Brisbane and victory dub fans, right? Yeah. There are a <laughs> exactly. good chunk of dub fans that aren't too invested in the A-League. So they don't really give a shit about A-League sides scoring in the ACL, especially the biggest rivals that you have for those two clubs. Come on. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, no replays whatsoever at all. So that shows single camera broadcast. I thought there was two cameras actually up there, but if you reckon single camera broadcast, then I'll, I'll go with you on that. Um, and to be honest, if they didn't have replays, and that probably shows they didn't really have much switching or gear to do anything like that. Uh, audio dropped out for a few minutes after the yellow goal. Uh, probably only had one microphone sitting right in front of the uh, the box. Uh, Kanko got in the, I can't believe a Kanto got in the commentary area though, because it's just literally an open air metal sort of frame of a um, of a recording tower. So that one I can't believe, and that's actually a bit funny in many ways. But uh, yeah, and then um, yeah, and showed replays of the highlights in a box in the right right side of the screen. So it's like picture in picture mode, if that's what you want. While the main camera from the single main picture from the single camera just continued rolling. Uh, so you know, you saw some great six side halftime feed <laughs> that was that was the halftime yeah so just to clarify that was a, a picture in picture all the all the all the replays of all the goals from the first and all the details from the first half in half the screen but literally the bottom right corner of the screen so you had you know treetops at the top of the screen you know seven-year-olds playing six aside in the left corner which was great you know, i don't mind seeing that they get them get their juice but it, Come on! How hard is it to put this, the replays on the screen, like as a full it shot of the screen? The whole thing. Yeah, it's not. It's not hard. Uh, yeah. Didn't, it'd, be hard it'd be harder to do what they did. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yes, yeah. actually. Didn't, didn't, um, wasn't I, there also an, an instance where they went to the uh, across to the sideline commentator and the, uh, the they hadn't given them the sideline commentator a microphone or a working one at least. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. But to be fair, like uh, Pricey said, the commentator's box was basically the sideline reporter anyway. They were that they were on ground level. They were not yeah. um, raised up to see anything better. They were, yeah, it was pretty shit. And there was a lot of there was a there was a fair bit of complaining as well about the light situation. I would actually say Rick is, is someone at the ground. It was actually pretty good down at ground level watching the game as live. It seemed bright enough, but just yeah. I'm guessing the lights, the lights on the right angles or something to really make it good for a TV broadcast. Yeah, it, it it was something that kind of amazed me because you know if if you've ever watched kind of things like cricket coverage, is is the thing that comes to mind with me, and you always have the commentators talking about you know when they they come off the field for bad light, and you're like, what bad light? It's you know it seems so bright and. The cameras that they obviously use at the cricket might be different from the ones they use at this game. But, you know, the cameras are supposed to brighten things a lot more than you're than you meant to see in, with the naked eye. But it just didn't seem like watching the replay. It didn't seem like that was the case at all. And when, you know, the cover, when I took some video on my own phone and it was coming out brighter than the Fox coverage, it was just mind-boggling. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Rick Cam was literally better than Fox's coverage, and and just just a little reminder, they did get like forty million dollars in a grant from um the uh, federal government for their coverage of women's sports. So um, it's getting used wisely. Can, can I get uh, some of that money now? <laughs> and 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 on that on that as well, I just wanted to, you know, you know, note um obviously friend of the show uh, Samantha Lewis uh you know pointed out in her coverage of these continuing gaffes that you know Bar TV has been employed by a lot of uh, not necessarily by us but certainly by a number of um. A number of teams, uh, certainly the New South Wales and Victorian teams use Bar TV. I think we may use a similar sort of setup for the non-Thursday night games. Essentially, that is single fixed camera, you know, like, like basically single camera coverage of the game. No colour stuff, no different angles on shit. It's just one camera, that's it. You know, that is a cost-cutting measure. That is literally taking the money that they've been given to provide coverage for the W League, pocketing it and doing the absolute bare minimum to uh, cover this product and to make it, uh, you know, in inverted commas, TV product. Because it's not a TV but, product when you have a single that's fucking fine. camera. That's fine for MPL, right? Because that's second tier and you know, it just makes it accessible to people that aren't able to get to games, especially when there's a lot of games at once. For sure. With your top... With your top league or your top um division of 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 football in the country you've got to have certain standards surely you've got to have a a level that you must be required to meet why that's not in the contract that we have with fox to say you're going to have at least three cameras at every ground you're going to have at least x standard of audio mixer or whatever it is surely that's something that you put into a contract Fox is obviously not going to continue with the contract at the end of the season. This is very much them saying, like you said, cost-cutting measures, pocket as much of that $40 million as they possibly can because they're propping up as much of the business as they can because Foxtel is, is a dying dying business, let's face it. Um, and yeah. going forward, it will it will ultimately be that, you know, and I hope to God that they've got something in place, but, you know, they, they need to either move to another broadcaster like an Optus, all provide their own OTT streaming service because this is absolute garbage and it's not good enough for. I, I would I would expect SBS. I'd expect Bris Thirty One to fucking do a better job than that shit. And they died a few years ago. And, <laughs> you right. expect to be better on a YouTube stream, uh, and I think NPL streaming is generally better quality than this. Uh, but it's weird. You think it's the same companies, but yeah. Anyway, sorry, Ben. And 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 really like. It shows that the right move, you know, however they do it, is to actually do the product themselves. So the league hires the, you know, the league, you know, uh, provides the cameras and the cameramen and the, you know, uh, the commentators and whatever, right? And then that is subcontracted to whoever the actual provider is because obviously bring all production in here what you're saying yeah yeah like you control the production values then you know that you're not going to get fucking tuba guy sitting there for you know a minute um you know clicking the screen you're going to get high quality coverage going out 
and it's up to whoever is there to make that, you know, uh, it, like the product is there. Literally all you have to do is broadcast it. That's really where, where I believe that it's going to go for both the A-League and the W-League. And I think this season so far has shown the urgency in which they need to fucking step up to the plate and just do it themselves rather than let the game down. Women's sport is exploding worldwide. We have games going to fuck... Like, the Thursday night games are broadcast live on ESPN, both in Asia, North America, and Europe. This is a big fucking deal. But if we can't get the rest of the league up to that standard, you know, why are we doing it? Like, that's pretty much the pretty much the long and the short of it. Like, it's a top-class competition. It is saleable worldwide. We need to fucking, you know, we need the broadcasters to step up. And if they're not going to, we need to get people in there that are actually willing to, to do that. And if they need to do it themselves, they just need to do it themselves. Remember, we also have a World Cup that's coming to these shores in like two and a half years. So, you know, maybe our women's <laughs> national women's league should have better coverage. Let's move on, though, because, you know, we could continue to talk, but we have talked plenty about Fox in the past. The only one thing I did want to say is obviously that was a pretty short turnaround for them to go and set up down there at uh, for that venue, um, which was to get around the sort of COVID rules of Brisbane being a hot spot, but the Gold Coast wasn't, which enabled Melbourne Victory to actually come up for that game to happen. So, um, you know, uh, uh, that was organised on short notice. Um, still, yeah, for sure. anyway, we've covered it all. We've covered it all. Let's move on, though. More positives, though. More dubbing over Melbourne teams, which is just great to see. Uh, so it was Mel- on this happened on the weekend on Sunday. Uh, Melbourne City 2, Alex Chidiak in the 46th minute and Samantha Johnson with a penalty in the 73rd. But it was Brisbane Raw 3. Captain, oh, Captain, my captain, Miss Claire Polk. And happy birthday as well to her. It is her birthday, so a nice little early birthday present for her. Uh, in the 23rd minute, scoring a header, Emily Gilnick in the 31st minute with the penalty and Maria Ecker in the 75th. Uh, nearly 2,000 people officially in attendance for that one. Uh, bookings too. Lots of Melbourne City players. So apparently we paid for some yellow cards in this one. Samantha Johnson in the 30th minute. And we'll get on to her again as well. I don't even know how to... Nor Holsbrek and Eckhoff in the 43rd minute for Melbourne City. Jenna McCormick in the 53rd. And Deegan Micah in the 90 plus 5th as well. Yeah, that was the back chat. That last one was the back chat. The back chat, was it? Yeah, that was... Deegan T- Micah was the oh, back okay. chat. That was she. She was about thirty meters away from where whatever the foul was, and she was just she must have been shouting expletives across the field because the referee stopped, walked about twenty meters in her direction, showed a yellow card, and then went back to the free oh, kick. Nice. It was pretty funny. I um, probably did notice that at the time, but it just escaped me now. Uh, yeah, fair to say, um, Dave, this was a game a bit of two halves. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the first half we should have had three, four, five goals. Oh. We were. Dominant. We basically took our form from the second half against Victory and we replayed it against City. We should have been out of that. Like, there shouldn't have been any thought to City coming back. As it was, a great goal by Claire Polks to... Um, to, to not, I don't even think she left her feet. The ball, the cross came in, and it was, oh, and well, her height was just torn, <laughs> yeah, basically, and just put it back across goal, and it was, and it was in. Um, we... Yeah, like I said, we could have had a few there. The second half, um, we switched off for the better part of 30 minutes before Hecker uh, obviously got the winner there. Yeah, it was very much a game of two halves. Good, great first half. 
mid-table sort of level second half from Brisbane at, um, against the City side that's not flat. Meh. Yeah, they're not. Like, they've got lots of good players, so they're not a bad team, but they're also, they just don't perform like a team, I think. Yeah. Uh, Rick, why is Tegan Marcus so good at saving goals? Why, why does she do this to us? Um, she she has to with the, the garbage that she's got in front of her at the moment. Um, yeah, it's it's noticeable Leave from... Leave from... Jenner alone. Leave Jenner alone. <laughs> well, she, she's probably going to be the target of most of what I'm about to say. Well, she's, <laughs> she's definitely included in it. Um, yeah. But from, you know, it's chalk and cheese from last season to this season, Melbourne City. I mean, they, they didn't, you know, I know they lost some personnel, but, you know, you don't go from being kind of that good to being that garbage, you know, <laughs> so quickly. And and I, for, for me, you know, we've, we've played them twice now, and both times I thought they have turned into a thug team. They, they, they've got no interest in, you know, trying to play the football that they were playing last year. They just want to get physical and, and try to, you know, hack at people. Is And it, it shows with, um, you know, us going, you know, in terms of W League, um, you know, we go we went well over the quota uh, for this game in terms of yellow cards. Um, I, don't, I don't know how the league's going to afford uh, how many, with so many yellow cards because I thought there was a quota of one per game. Uh, and then our last two games has been at least, you know, seven <laughs> yellow cards dished <laughs> out. You know, that that being said, you know, I tend to agree with Dave. You know, first first half we should have at least been, you know, 3-0. Um, I, I would say we we had enough clear opportunities to be probably 5-0 up at, at halftime. Um, second half there was, yeah, just... It, you know the city must have got a bit of a rev up from um, from Rado and uh, and they came out with some some kind of you know renewed interest. They scored early in the second half, which kind of started to throw a bit of doubt into our minds as to whether or not we could do it. And you know, thank goodness for Eke in terms of you know her goal. Um, it was brilliant hit first time, um, you know, off off the post and in. But you know, it's it was you know just. A great hit. Um, in yeah, terms, that's it, yeah, yeah. a great finish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely great finish from a tight angle as well. That was um, that was essential. The essential, yeah, sensational part of it. Uh, you know, scoring from tight yeah. angles, but like you know, just inside the uh, just inside the upright. Like that's uh, yeah, that's that's a great goal. You know, and you take need good goal, you need good shooting to get past Tegan Market because she's a quality yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah, Pricey, has, has Andy Harper by any chance uh, been going to your school of um, football player name pronunciations? Because it, it seems like uh, Emily Gilnick is uh, one step too far for him. <laughs> I do not know what was going on in this game. Like, he kept calling her Galnick. I, I just, it was just bizarre. Like, I just, like the other commentator who was, um, everyone thought was Simon Hill because it was an English accent. <laughs> it was not Simon Hill. Simon Hill is definitely no longer working for Fox and will not work for Fox anytime soon. Uh, but that, clear. that is very clear from his uh, his rant on his podcast. <laughs> Whoa, he put some fucking truths out there on that one. Mm, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Just Galnick all the time, and every yeah, you know, the other commentator was. Jim, someone I don't know. Um, first time I can remember him commentating. Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It was alright. Right. Oh yeah, he, he was fine. There was not. I'm not complaining about him or anything. But yeah, yeah, it's just it just seems so weird. Just could not seem to say it right. Anyway, 
anyway, yeah. I, and I will give a shout out as well. Georgina Worth, she uh, showed her worth. Uh, I think she denied Kira and um, she answered Kira for our Melbourne victory, uh, Melbourne victory, Melbourne City three times. Uh, she was fantastic. She made a couple of really good saves. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, when you talk about their goal, though, she was probably at fault with a really poor um, pass out from the back, which then um, got intercepted and the unfortunate deflection pass for them to score to bring it back. But yeah, she she um she certainly met up with a couple of cracking saves and she's really good at that, like running out and then like making herself sort of big to sort of stop the the shot. Um yeah, she's really good at that. So um yeah. Uh what else did you want to talk about? Uh was it a pen for the second, Dave? Yep. Rick? I disagree. I don't think it was a pen at all. Um yeah. no, I thought it was a pen. I thought both of them were pens. They're both the pen that we got and the pen that they got. I think they were both pens. I think she's she's caught her enough to. I don't. Th- I actually don't think she died. I think she got fouled properly. I yeah. I'll leave it at that. I'll let Rick tell me why it's not. But I think it was. I, I I disagree with whether or not there was there was enough contact made. Um, there there was extenuating circumstances in terms of uh, one of our other players coming through and, and looking to basically belt the ball um, in, into uh, basically, you know, the next suburb. Um, so, you know what's stunning from this um, they're, they're, both, they're both kind of pulled out. She's kind of jumped up and then kind of fallen over, um, which is the way that I saw it. I, I think she, you know, saw the opportunity to kind of just not land on her feet when she jumped and um, the ref has... You know, been at, at, at an angle where it, it has looked like um, there's there's been a bit of contact in the back. You know what I find interesting here, Pricey? With, I'm, yeah. I'm a defender and I'm saying it was a penalty. The attackers over here saying, nah, no pen. <laughs> this, is, this is role <laughs> reversal, it's, man. Where am I an attacker? <laughs> yeah, I, I, attack I play in the midfield. I'm, I'm not an attacker. <laughs> that's why, yeah, yeah, no, he's a midfielder. And it was Olivia Chance that gave it away. So that's why he's on his side. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, see? Yeah. Uh, Chance, to be fair, Chance did not have a great game. This is, like, she, she's played some really, really, really well other games. This is not her best game. And and she would be probably pretty disappointed in how she played. Um, I, would, I wouldn't expect it to be an ongoing thing. I think that it's probably just one bad game and she'll move on and hopefully the next game will prove, prove it's right there. But, um, yeah, not her best performance. Uh, and I wonder whether maybe with, after two pretty good performances, if maybe Melbourne City and Rado, like, you know, they're focused on you trying to shut her down a bit more and things like that as well, you know, just a bit more pressure on her and, yeah, don't let her give her as much time and, you know, it's just things you've got to deal with when you're playing well. Yeah, she, she was probably a focus because of the, the game beforehand where she dominated um, in, in the game against Victory. Um, they probably focused on her a fair bit in terms of strategy and, uh, and try to keep her out of the game. Ben, should Samantha Johnson have been sent off for a second yellow? Yes. Dave? Oh, 100%. I don't Rick? know why she was still on the pitch, mate. Rick? Def- <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I don't know why that wasn't a second yellow. Uh, it's because there's no red cards in the W League. Just no one's uh, no one said it officially in the rule book. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we're already we're already over the card quota for the game, so a red card just would have you know killed the budget. So that's that's my explanation. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Just um, yeah, just a lunging tackle got nowhere near the ball. Completely took out. I can't remember who was on. Was it on Gilney coming? Yeah, um, I think it was on Gilney. Yeah. Yeah, like, how was that not a yellow card, seriously? I mean, it was literally about the 90th, fourth minute, 
yeah, still should have been sent off anyway. Uh, but what, what, what do you want to talk about the game, Ben? Anything that particularly, um, yeah, look, I, 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 I just enjoy how these two wins were just very different sorts of wins. You know, obviously the victory game was just a, you know, run up the score line sort of, you know, typical tonking that you get occasionally in the W League. Um, this was very much a grinded out, like, take your chances. Uh, if you don't, you you know, <laughs> you know, you can let teams get back into games, particularly teams with as much individual talent as City have. Um but I think that this is the sort of win that, to, to me, it's like it's obviously not as impressive as the victory game because victory had previously just beaten City uh, quite handily as well. Like, it's one of those ones that you just have to guts it out sometimes, and they really did that here. And I think uh, Heke's goal was, you know, a very nice finish and, uh, you know, put the seal on, you know, what should have been a more comfortable win but was you know three points and a bit of a you know bit of a gutsy win as opposed to a cakewalk and interestingly after after melbourne teams melbourne teams losing 6-0 the next game uh that the winning uh the next game was a 3-2 involving sort of similar teams so um that sort of melbourne because it was a 6-0 melbourne victory over melbourne city and then melbourne city came back and won 3-2 so um it's a bit of a long ball i'm drawing there but you know whatever uh, yeah. just trying to clear things up um yeah like that's it absolutely right you know when you have a route then you know come back make sure you win the next one like you know we finally got the monkey off the back well let's keep the momentum going and, and that's what they did as well and yeah the momentum flowed in and it's a good win it's a good win and there's lots of really good play happening around some and, and maybe that's you know obviously that was an unchanged lineup going in to that that game from the previous game so is that the one is it going to be hard for well, actually I don't think it's been hard if Katrina grows fit I think she'll be she'll be back in the team but uh yeah you know it's um it, it could be interesting to see how that sort of plays out and yeah and also you know and they've got a little bit of break as well good good momentum have a little bit of break for a couple of days you know feeling good two wins out of two on the bounce back up to so we're now third on the ladder after playing six so with those two wins for and on top of that after the four draws so good healthy goal difference as well after that six number so yeah it's uh it, it, they're in a good spot the uh, w league team and uh that's that's where you want them to be and um sure. and, and and the other thing i did just want to mention as well from both the games really is that the the one position i thought that we were probably going to be significantly like it was a significant step down from Maka Arnold um, to Georgie Worth. I don't think that's really been the case at all. I don't think we've seen that. I think Georgie's been fantastic. Um, I obviously, you know, none of us had really seen much of her because, you know, we've had just a series of, you know, absolutely top level keepers in the number one spot and she hasn't really had a chance to show us what she can do and um i think it's just very clear that she's you know immediately up there in that you know upper echelon of um of uh of keepers in in the dub um and yeah it certainly will be you know if she keeps the form up you know there's a Women's World Cup coming up. 
I think it comes back to what was saying pre-season as well with regards to a lot of players from the W League or the better level players, the high level players, moving on to clubs in England and Europe um, and opening up a lot more spots. And people say, oh, the quality is going to go down. So, no, it's, it's opened up more chances for the quality to improve in terms of the player pool that we've got because now we've got, we've still got the quality, we've still got Polks, we've still got, and we're just looking at our team, you know, we've still got Meeks, we've still got Kilnick, we've still got quality players all over the pitch. But now we've got young players that are coming through that are getting that chance that wouldn't have got the chance last year um, because you have players like Hayley Russo still in the side and et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's excellent to see. And this is, let's face it, the W League, they wanted to be one of the top two or three leagues in the world, top five league in whatever time frame it was. At the moment, it's got to be that development pathway before it can get to that point because this is... The yeah. money's over in Europe. That's fine. Don't deny players making a living. This is the pathway for these younger players to come through to get their spots overseas to make that living, to make this professional and improve stocks. Yeah. This is all gravy for me. This is, this is fantastic to see. And and I, I really have to say, having watched, you know, more dub than A-League this year, like, the quality is absolutely fucking top shelf. I don't... Th- I don't... I can't discern a, you know, maybe a very slight quality dip from last season and prior seasons like where I was speaking about you know okay well maybe it's just going to be like a slightly worse product but that's okay given the circumstances I just don't think that's come to pass at all at, at least not yet and it's certainly not to the standard that I would like certainly not to the level I was expecting like, it is a fucking top-quality league with top-quality players, you know, all over the league. Like, Adelaide doing exceptionally well, basically doing what they've done the whole time in the W League, which is youth development. Like, they're having a great season. Like, it's it's really, like, it's really positive. Like, it's really positive for the league. It's only being let down by Fox Sports at the moment and that's literally it like every other aspect of it is we are in a much stronger position than I ever thought we would be you know just coming at it from a you know here's what we've lost here's what we've gained sort of perspective I think seeing it in action now it's it's a fucking shit hot league and we've got some real real talent coming through yeah, it's probably it's probably I would, th- I would think the only place we've lost a bit is maybe some of the internationals when like you got a whole bunch of like the US sort of high level US players, but that's like and that's will be for the team more so for like a team we're about to come up against in Western Sydney. Like obviously last year they just had like those four, great, four or five great players they got from uh, I want to mm-hmm. say North Carolina Courage, NC um, Courage, yep, 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 that's yeah, right, NC Courage. You know, like and they were and that just sort of brought a team dynamic with them across the fi- across the ditch. Um, you know, and yeah. but we could get the same dynamics by playing more as well. So, yeah, I, absolutely. The young players have been stepping up. Um, you know, if you want to talk about, like, sometimes the Matildas don't, they actually think they don't, yeah, we have a great starting 11 in the Matildas and maybe 13, 14, but the depth beyond that has been a bit of a problem. Chances for everyone to show it up. Why couldn't Winona Hitley, now that she's getting a chance, be the person that's actually sitting behind Ellie Carpenter in the ranks for the right-back position? Like she charges up and down that wing, just great. Okay, give her a little bit and give her a little bit more practice at a higher level. Why not? Why not? That's it. This is an opportunity for people to become Matildas. 
Absolutely. Now, we may have another show in between the next time our W League plays. There's a good chance we we might. Uh, but their next game at the moment, so they effectively sort of have a bye uh, this weekend. So they're currently in third place. They've played six. We're the team that's played the most in the W League. Uh, so the next up is Western Sydney, which is on Thursday Night Football, uh, 605. Uh, venue's still TBA, which is interesting. Uh, but then sort of almost like a double away in Sydney because we play Sydney FC on the Sunday. So... Uh, that will be interesting to see if they stay down there for at least a couple of days in between or not. Uh, and so, but Western Sydney at the moment, they're probably a team that has been struggling. Um, really didn't have a chance to replace the quality they lost from that NC Courage group leaving. And so they've been sitting in eight, played five, won ones, drawn none, lost four, three goals for 13 against, three points on the board. So you would suspect that if we continue our form, that should be a good win. But hey, Western Sydney and Western Sydney, uh, it's always been a bit of a tough one for us. So, um, We'll see how we go. And then after that, the big game, Sydney FC on the Sunday, the following Sunday. So um, we might do a bit more preview of that if we have another show next week. And we'll get excited for that one. Right, deep breath. Let's move on to a bit of news, a bit of news around. Uh, the A-League team made a new signing, and this one came a bit out of nowhere, but a uh, bit of Golgo Mabratu. Anyone excited to see Golgo Mabratu for the Brisbane Royal A-League team? Yes. Brisbane born? Yes. Uh I, I, I am excited because, you know, he's got so many goals, I named him twice. Uh, no, but two. Like, yep. He's got two. He can score a double. He's not allowed to score a hat-trick, though. Only doubles. But, yeah, like, I, he's been playing at a good level overseas for quite a long time, which is certainly not something I ever thought, uh, having seen him come through, you know, Gold Coast, um you know, back in their formative days, I never thought that I that would be his destiny. I thought he was a, you know, fairly plodding sort of A-League quality uh, player. But, you know... I'm I was glad... say, he, he played 26 games for Gold Coast and scored zero goals. 26, <laughs> 26 games. At least scored for... He scored for Hart. It's been an interesting little trip around, hasn't it? Yeah. So through, what, Croatia Czech there? Is that Republic. where he's been? Yeah, Sparta Prague. Where's Melidia? Yeah, yeah, Czech Republic. Yeah, and Hungary. Um, Hungary, where we've just signed him from. So interesting little career he's made for himself. So, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one. So it gives more options. And I guess he, he was always pretty, yeah, he was always sort of a bit winger, so, um, you know, second striker-ish. So, you know, he might provide that good foil that, uh, maybe he's a sort of player that if we start to fade um, Scott McDonald out of the team or something like that, you know, maybe he comes into that sort of role. I don't know. He he, um, he provides an option at least, I guess. And yeah, yeah. It, um, and and he's it, it's just the fact that he's actually been scoring goals over there for quite a long time that gives me that sort of level of enthusiasm. Like it's he's he's not coming back the same player he was at Gold Coast and Hard. I think he's you know, improved quite a lot in his time over there. And, um, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how he goes. Obviously, Hungary is not exactly a world-beating league, but, you know, uh, Czech Republic is a decent level and yeah, he, he stayed there for a long time and just kept scoring. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Can I, can I just say, if he's one to come in, I, I'd, I'd rather not see him come in for Scott McDonald as kind of is Scott McDonald's time to fade out. I'd rather see Kudo come in since he's the international yeah. Japanese striker that is same age and yeah okay he's not played for him uh, about a year or so but I don't know don't think McBride who's played a whole lot in the last 12 months either yeah, Kudo scored goals at a better level you know I 
Mabrado looks and, and just screams you know, squatty um, that we could have had you know, Keating Elisic, who, who's one of our youth guys, do the same mm. job. Yeah, yeah. That's it. This does go against a bit. This does go a bit. Yes, yeah. This does go a bit against the whole theory of you know bringing someone, um, young and you know because he's thirty now. Like you know, it's it's hard to you sort of. It was a long time ago that he was running around for Gold um, Gold Coast United as sort of a really young player and. Yeah, so he is 30, so he is sort of, yeah, you're right, taking the spot that maybe a Keegan Yellowish or someone should come in. Either that or, and we'll get onto it in a second, maybe he'll be leading the line for us in our Asian Champions League campaign as we send the youth team. <laughs> yeah. That's what we've signed him for. Ah, yes. So, yes, Golgo Mabrato is back. Signing another entire squad for the ACL, right? Yeah. That yeah absolutely. No, it's called okay. the NPL squad. The NPL squad, yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, a different, a different. I look forward to our youth players getting a run out in the ACL. So we will get onto, uh, we will get on, but more signing. We'll, we'll stick in signings uh, corner for the moment. So our transfer centre uh, and the W League also made a signing. Larissa Crumner is back. Rick, excited to see Larissa Crumner back. Crumner back. Sorry, not Crumner. There's no end in there. Crumner. Yes, it is. It is Crumner. Um, yeah. I, you know, with with these recent signings, it's kind of like okay, you know. I struggle to see where they're going to fit in at the moment because I'm seeing such good things from our current squad. Um, you know, it's it's great to have someone like Larissa Crummer in, into the squad as well. Um, as, as she mentioned, is she going to be a forward or, or a defender? I believe she'd be more up front than defending. Um, I think um, the good ship, the captain of the good ship, did tweet out um, about her attacking prowess. So I think that might actually answer that question of where he sees her fitting in. But of course, the last time she was playing, she was playing as a defender for Newcastle. I want to say as a defender. Um, but yeah, so yeah, and on the long trail back for an injury. So um, yeah, but yeah, it's an interesting, yeah, interesting one. And she has been training with the team so for the last couple of months. So I think yeah, a weird one just to finally sign her or. Yeah, maybe this is um from the after uh who left uh, um Billy English uh, left so perhaps it's a bit of a trade around there that spot that spot freed up so it gave the opportunity to bring in bring her in she was around anyway you know we can have her as an option if we use her or not she's also been off for a little bit too so because she's um I think she was out for a year injured it it appears mm. um, yeah. Given that she was out for so long, it might be a case of well, she's needing to get back into that level of football. She might have come in at a pretty cheap price for Brisbane, and with international experience and, you know, and flexibility to play in backline or forward line, that's um that's probably a versatile player. Jake Goodship thought, yeah, well, she she'd be you know a good option off the bench if we need her to play one spot or another. And also injury cover because it's the W League, and also, you know, she is a Brisbane girl. Like she, that this is where she lives normally. So, um, it's it made sense in a lot of different ways. Really, it's um, yeah, it's her, it's part, her partner plays for the AFLW Brisbane Lions team as well. So, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's um, you know what? If if we get a pretty reasonable Arista Crummer out the bit, it just adds another bow. To the attacking options, and that's you cannot deny that that's not a good thing to have in the team. And, and at worst, I mean, okay. you're right about you saw a Cato fit in the team, but sometimes, if you know, sometimes in life, you need quality in a squad to keep sure those ones that are up there in the team and keep performing as well. Like that's that internal pressure to keep performing better. So, 
You know, if you if you're playing a forward and you know Larissa Crumman is killing it at training, well, you're going to have to keep working at training. Or you know, she's only twenty five, right? She's been around forever, but she's only twenty five. So she she's going to have the 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 motor to, to really push um, established players to really, This is the thing with a lot of the like Matildas. Uh, level girls that um, they absolutely all started in the league, in the W League at 15-16 like Polks did and so it legitimately feels like they've been playing forever and then you go, wait, she's 25? Like, yeah. it's, it's like, you know Claire Polkinghorn has been around since season one of the dub. She's like, thirty-one. She's thirty-one. Yeah. Like, Pops has another five years up her sleeve. Yeah, at least. <laughs> like, it, it, it's it is absolutely like it, it's. This is one of those things that doesn't really happen as much in the men's game, particularly like with you know A League players, like you know the guys that come in that you know, get their starts young like you, you know, your Matt Ryans and stuff. Just leave. I don't stay here. It's really, yeah, it's really just fun to see. I, I, I enjoy that aspect of the dub. You're obviously hugely talented, like, because she made our team at the 2015 Women's World Cup in Canada and, you know, was involved in that sort of 2015 to 18 period where she was really, she was at Melbourne City banging the goals in. Um, you know, that was obviously the best part of her career to date. Um, you know, so she was in the Matilda's frame. So it's, she is a quality player. So and if it's just, you know, obviously the the coming back from injury and all that sort of working through and if she was already here, yeah, then it's an easy choice for her to sign. So, yeah, I mean, oh, wow, we could have a forward line. We could have Yallop, Gilnick, <laughs> Crummer, <laughs> being fed by Chance, <laughs> Dalton and Gorry. Yeah. And Hecker. Yeah. And Hecker, <laughs> I mean, how does Hecker fit into all that? Like, yeah, like that's the quality options are fantastic. Yeah, and 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 and, and you play a right back, Paul. Paul, when you hit it's the relegated round of team. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of these things that we were kind of saying at the start of the season. We've just got this absolute fucking embarrassment of riches in the dub team. Like, it's just really hard to make an eleven, like <laughs> for good in a, in a good way, like. You know, you just go, who the fuck misses out? Like, yeah, I, th- I think that's just going to be another string to the bow to add to the end of this season. Like, you know, I-, I said at the start of the year, like, we should be winning the league. We should be winning every trophy, every dub trophy available. I still maintain that that's the case. Even with the four-draw start, I don't think we're going to be seeing much more of that. Uh, yeah, I think we're just going to go from strength to strength from here. Absolutely. All right, uh, Asian Champions League draw was officially made, and you know what? There's nothing I love more than watching a video on a machinations of a draw. To it's just it's just poetry to me. Um, they're actually expanding to like ten groups. It's a bit weird. Um, I have no idea how that's going to work. Um, it was always it was always a nice, you know, eight groups of four, and then that went into a knockout stage. Not anymore. They're going weird to fit more teams in. Anyway, but our pathway is at this stage we get to play Kaya Ililio uh, from the Philippines. Uh, so they're from sort of in the middle of the Philippines. Uh, down there came second. Um, Dave, 
if you had to guess, how many games do you think Ko Ilio had to play in their league last year to qualify for the Asian Champions League? Uh, I'm going to say twenty. I'm going to go lower. Rick, how many games? Eight. Lower. Ben, how many games? Five. Five is correct. There was a league of six. They played each other once in a hub, and that was the Filipino league last season. Well, good on them. Yeah, quality opposition that we're taking on. Um, yeah. Don't, don't what, underestimate what, what, Filipino what? opposition, right? We've seen that no, before. No, 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 no. We should not. We should not. We should not. Offer, we should definitely not. We can't keep the numbers on our shirts. We shouldn't underestimate the opposition. So that's just step one of our pathway to the Asian Champions League. Say we potentially beat them, and that's we all know this is this is a big if. And look, there are so many other things that we could get into. Here. We would then play Beijing Guoan uh, in the in the official playoff position to get into the group stages. Uh, so Beijing Guoan, and they made the uh, round of sixteen of the last um, Asian Champions League, and are now being managed by Slavin Bilic. So. You know, that's a, that's a decent little lineup for them. And if we manage to beat them, you know, and we've beaten Chinese opposition before in the playoff stage away from home to uh, maybe... Easy. Easy. And then it's, then it's just a piece of piss from there, right? Just an absolute piece of piss. All we have to get past is Bangkok Glass Panther United, which is the champions of Thailand, Matt Smith's former club. I mean, they're no good since he left, clearly. I mean, oh, wait, no, wait, they won the league. Mm, that probably means they're actually all right. Um, then we have our old favourite opposition in the Asian Champions League because why is it always these guys? Why? <laughs> All Sun High. Did All Sun Hyundai go and win it as well? Uh, yeah, Champions of Asia. Sorry, it's right there. Yes. <laughs> All Sun High Hyundai winning it. Uh, so our record against them is we've played them four times. We haven't won them against them. We've drawn once. That must have been a nice one. Um, maybe did they send the B team down to Australia or something? And we've lost three times. Uh, 12 goals conceded, four against, uh, 4-4, four, four, um, including, if I remember correctly, a game where we got called the shame of Asia. So, you know, fun fun, fun experiences playing all sign high and die. And uh, any disappointing news that, uh, that uh, we won't be travelling, uh, but Vital FC, who were the champions of Vietnam. So they play in Hanoi and they wear red. And uh, that's about as much as my 23 seconds of research got me about Vital FC. So that's all to happen in a... All the group stages happen in a hub. Um, the playoff stuff has not been decided. Look, I don't think a basically semi-professional Philippines team is going to quarantine for two weeks in Australia to come play us. So for that game to happen, I don't know, maybe we could use that as a reason to, to make them forfeit. I don't know. Um, yeah, so... We ain't having any. Um, we ain't having any hubs in in Australia for our games. No, I don't think the government is uh, going to step up and uh, and AFC are not going to do it because they're not going to have a hub in a country where the team that's hubbing it may not even be in the group. <laughs> well, no, it'll be one country will host all the East hub, and there'll be one. Is it going to be that though, or could they have a hub in it for each group? Uh, I guess they could split them up if they wanted to. Mm. I reckon they'd go back to the... It was one of them all together in the last one, so at least all of East together anyway and all of West together somewhere. So I don't know. It's, it's hard. Like, there are not many countries. China's borders are just as shut down as ours, so they won't be hosting it. Uh, Japan has had a massive spike in cases again and are really struggling. Um, Korea is maybe a chance. Uh, Vietnam, Vietnam is actually... 
Yeah, Vietnam has done really well with um, managing these things. So maybe they might be the ones that put the end up. But do they have the facilities to handle? Like they could maybe handle one group. I don't think they could handle five groups of 20 professional teams. Our group's going to Vietnam. I told you. They're going to group the I, I, I'm just disappointed that in our playoff, we are not playing Sheriff's Negros FC because they are now the most generic team in world football. Because they, they, recently, they recently changed their name to United City FC. It <laughs> <laughs> is not a joke. <laughs> uh, um, United do you want to know City that- FC. You want to know what Vtel FC's um, for nickname is probably the best way to put it. Do you know what their nickname is? Red? It's very very apt for a Vietnamese side. It's called the Kong. Kong. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vietnam. Then, uh, then, like the Viet Cong. No. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Foes. Actually, it might have been actually because they were founded within the Vietnam People's Army, so it might have actually been based on the Viet Cong. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. There you um, go. Uh, I, well, I, anyway, I, that's the I know who I'm. That's the I know who I'm supporting. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so who knows, if we were to, say, go overseas for that, um, it would be a minimum of a month overseas in the middle of the A-League season. Uh, so that would be rather tricky to be playing all that and then likely still probably two weeks of quarantine coming back as well. I don't think those restrictions will be gone by April, May. It's actually quite hard to see how we do literally play in this competition. Um, yeah, they could I, probably I, afford for Sydney FC to go. Think, yeah, I was going to say, I legitimately think we might actually be the ones that forfeit. Yeah, yeah, I think it could be as well. Um so who knows how that'll affect things in the future. Maybe the AFC will be a bit more understanding this time, but yeah. Or we just send a we just send a, a kids team overseas and you know, they'll get knocked out and we officially fulfill our requirements. But yeah, anyway. So we'll watch it, we'll keep an eye on how that's unfolding and that's a real headache for uh Mr. Fong and it's easy. We send the kids over, play the qualifier, lose. Kids come back. Yeah, they have two weeks in quarantine, but they're kids. They're going to be like, yeah, let's hit the minibar. And the, the, NPL <laughs> delays for two, <laughs> the NPL delays for two weeks, right? That's fine. They just put all the buyers in there for them. Brisbane Raw keeps playing the A-League. No one loses out. Everyone's happy. Ayala, Ilolo, whatever, the Philippines side plays Beijing, Guam, whatevs. Yeah, good, whatever. luck to, good luck to the Kong. <laughs> Good luck to the Kong. Exactly. Um, there's some sad news, actually. Uh, for our former, one of our former CEOs, so uh, Michael Bowers, who was uh, only 57, so still reasonably young, passed away um, after a, a bout of um, fighting with cancer. So uh, he was CEO, um, succeeding after Eugenie Buckley, which uh, Eugenie was uh, more put in there when the FFA was running us. So um, yeah, so from September 2011 and um, was in around for about a year. Uh, before Sean Dobson took over. So, you know, started that, you know, as part of that process that moved Ange, you know, while Ange was at the club and we had some of our, you know, our best times as a football club. So it was certainly crucial in there. Uh, he was also uh, a former Brisbane Lions CEO for, for a number of years um, as well. So uh, he was, um, you know, he was there while they won all their three grand finals as well. So um, where he was CEO, some success did follow. So um, 
yeah, so our thoughts are out with the, the, with the Bowers family. And, um, yeah, I know, I know some fans had a bit more of a connection to him as well. So, uh, uh, yeah, um, probably not much more that needs to be said on that. Uh, and then we have probably really, we've touched on it a fair bit already, but a bit of pig Fox Sports. Fox Sports did actually officially apologise for their uh, broadcast of, and I think mainly the W League, but a little bit of the A League as well, in um, sort of the slipping of um, of their coverage of it. And, uh, it and sort of, but then they said that they would be doing better and that they would, uh, you know, be investing more. And then, of course, the Melbourne, then the Melbourne victory game happened like three days after they put that statement out. So, uh, you know, it sort of backfired on them a little bit. Um, plenty of covered already, but also there was Tuba Guy <laughs> during. Tuba yeah, Guy's got a cop following now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, just randomly, the Adelaide versus Victory game, the feed cut to a bloke. I we assume was probably mixing the game or something like that. It was on his webcam, and in behind him was a uh, tuba. So I want to know, Dave, if you could have one instrument sitting behind you as uh, as you put out the recording, what would it be? You put me on the spot here. I know. Yeah, be a flute. Flute? A bit of a yeah. flute guy? Interesting. Yeah. Rick, what about you, mate? Uh, I'd probably have to say a trumpet. Trumpet? And yeah, Ben, what would you say? Yep, French horn, mate. French horn. French horn, French horn. What about you, Pricey? What would be behind you? Um, saxophone, mate. Saxophone. Saxophone. Yeah, saxophone. There's a lot of wind instruments there. Yeah, a lot of winds. No, a bit of brass. We are windbags. (laughs) We are are four idiots. What are you talking about? I revise my decision. I'm going to go with a bassoon. Bassoon. Sounds just like Pricey in the den. I was, I was trying to make a bad American Pie joke, but no one called on to it, so I'll change mine to a xylophone. <laughs> well, uh, I, 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 I noted things. it, but I thought it was just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mine both went there, but we just didn't roll into it. Oh, fantastic. So, yes, um, and yeah, fair to say that uh, Simon Hill... Um, I mean, I imagine maybe a few people on this podcast might listen to his shim strider and so much more. Maybe they don't because of Craig Moore being on it. Uh, but, uh, yes. I do listen to it because I've won 100 bucks to go to Outback Steakhouse. Boom. Really? Wow, that's anyway, top work. Question of the week the other week to Robbie Cruz. That was me. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. What was the answer? Actually, it's a shame uh, Craig Moore wasn't on that particular pod because it was literally about Robbie Cruz getting beaten up in that first game against Brisbane after he went to the victory. <laughs> Craig Moore would have been playing against him as well, wouldn't he? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Craig Moore's not on this I'm podcast. Sure I was at that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Middle was at that game. He got Corby Cruz a couple of times. Was. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Danny Tiago gave the finger to the crowd. Oh, was it down in Melbourne? Yeah, that one down in Melbourne? Yep. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, just just back on the back on the uh, back on the tuba guy for a second. I have a feeling that he was a statistician, given that he was very closely watching the footage that was clearly coming through to him, um, and very l- fast clicking noises. Because oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, there's people that watch remotely do the stats. He was clearly doing that. Like that. Like that's almost the dead cert for me as to who he actually is um, and is also probably why absolutely nobody from the football community can recognise him because he would literally just be doing that from home all the time. Yeah, 
But no, why it cut to him, I have no fucking idea. Exactly. Why was he even an option to cut to him? Like, what in what feed? I don't. I mean, maybe because he was just plugged in. Like, why did he have his webcam on? Like, it was even a different. Oh, it just yeah. Yeah. So many questions that will probably remain unanswered about that situation. So, uh, yeah, yeah, chubby guy, fun areas. Um, I really, really like chubby guy. If you happen to be listening to a Brisbane Raw podcast, um, we absolutely want you for an interview. Like, come on the pod. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. That that'd be exactly what we need. We need to know just your entire life story. We need to know how the what, where did, how did the tuba get there. I want to know. Well, I mean, I want to hear him play. Is he any good at playing? We could we could start a career for him, a music career. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cast presents tuba guy. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's move on from yeah, for, yeah. So yeah, Simon Hill, Simon Hill. Um, yeah, if you're going to listen, to that, he uh, Simon Hill is um definitely not going back to commentating for Fox Sports anytime soon. So um, yeah. but you can go listen to everything he said at the start of that one. So it's the one with Robbie Cruz on it. Um, as well, so um, let's move on to that. Uh, from that, what else we want to do? Do you want to do Do you have a Dave's game you want to do this week, Dave? Yeah, and I've, I've done a proper research, so you're not going to be able to dispute any of this shit. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, uh, we'll, leave, we'll let you play the music. Dave, you game, and Dave, you game. Yeah. Radio. All right. So this week, of course, we now we have four people on the on the show today. So we've got a nice variety of people, and I've got a nice variety of answers for today's topic. Um, as a bit of a refresher for anyone that hasn't doesn't listen too often, we have a topic which has, in this case, thirty-one answers, plenty of opportunities. Thirty-one answers. Jesus. 31 answers, not as easy as it sounds. Um, and the key is that you guys will go around and around circles and uh, answering or giving us one of the answers until someone misses it and gets the wrong answer. Once they're the wrong answer, they get they get knocked out and it's down to the last two until we have a winner. So today's topic is W League players to have taken the field in a grand final for Brisbane. Oh. W League players to have taken to the field in a grand final for Brisbane. And we've actually had five grand finals in the dub over the years. I want you guys to name me one of the 31 players that have taken the field. And this includes substitutes, but not players that are subs that didn't make it on. It's very important to have to have actually taken the field. We're going to start with uh, the fan favorite, Rick, because he's first on my screen. Rick, give me a player. Hulks. Yeah, pretty easy one, isn't it, Ben? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go way back in the uh, way back machine. I'm gonna go with my one of my favourite early doors players, Lana Harch. Lana Harch. He played in four. Rossi. Uh, I will go with Kim Carroll. Yes, Kim Carroll has appeared in three. Rick. Mini. Katrina Gorry. He appeared in one. Ben. KK. KK yep. has been in one. Brooke Spence. Brooke Spence. She has played in a grand final. Congratulations, Rick. Go with Mac Arnold. Mac Arnold oh. has not played in a grand final yeah. for Brisbane. Rick, the short odds favourite is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was yeah, never Sean Ord's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> so the short hair favourite is gone. Um, ben? <laughs> I, the, the flame of my heart, Casey Dumont. I actually thought you were going to go with Casey Dumont the first time, but yes, Casey <laughs> Dumont has played in a dub final for Brisbane. Pricey. I can think of a player that's name is Amy, and I cannot think of her last name, but she was in co-commentary on the weekend. That name will come to me. Uh, Idlerissa Crummer. She's been in one grand final. Yeah. Ben. Avi Lewick. Oh, Avi Lewick, yeah. Avi Lewick has been in some grand finals for Brisbane. Rossi? Oh, fuck. There's some absolutely belting names on here, by the way. You guys are... Kick yourselves when you hear some of them. Some of haven't been in for a while. I know the more recent teams much better than our. Own. No, it's the tricky part of this list, yeah. mate. That's why I put it together. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Who was in our team way back then? Oh, far out. There are a whole. There will be like half a dozen names that I'll kick myself for not remembering. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really will. Oh, Vedran Popovich. Wow, that is you pulled that one out your ass, mate. That is a great get. But yes. <laughs> another another old old favourite of mine, Kate McShay. McShay, yes, she has too. See, here's the tricky part, Pricey. Ben's just he's using all the time you're using to think to think of one yeah. himself, and then you're sitting here just struggling because you've just been smashed, fully yeah. straight back. All right, so um, Emily Gilnick, <laughs> has she not been in? Yeah, Emily Gilnick has. Yeah. That was one of the ones I was thinking. You're going to kick yourself if you don't yeah. get one of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Joe, Joe Burgess. Oh, yeah. Joe Burgess has yeah. been, yes. Who would have been, yeah. Oh, I'm just going with Hayley Razzo. Yep. She has been in one grand final for Brisbane. Ben? Uh, Lisa Devanna. She has oh. also been in one grand final for Brisbane. Well done. God, she played for us. Yeah, well, she does She does the standard one, one season or two seasons <laughs> at each club and then she goes somewhere else. Yeah. She does not stay still. No. I I am struggling now. I can only think all I can think of is Amy. And I Is there an Amy on the list? If you've got a yes, surname for her and she's and she's on there. She is. She's my Thanks. next one. <laughs> <laughs> so if I manage to pull one out, you're gonna take that one away from me anyway. Um yeah, for the best pricey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um I can't even think of what her name is, but I don't think she made a grand final while she was here. Um, you can't think of her name then, because you can't, can't think yeah. of it. You can't say it. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm thinking of our former German goalkeeper of the year winner, um, but I don't think she was in a grand final team. Um, Amy Chapman. Chapman. Yeah, mate, you finally got there. <laughs> finally got there. One grand final. <laughs> and the one that you were thinking of as well was Nadine Angara. Yeah, no. yeah. And she played in one. Yeah, she played in one. That's your answer, is it? Yeah, yeah, she played in one for sure. I remember remember that game very well. Yeah, she did. Fuck. (laughs) Back to. uh, I hope everyone's got a drink. Just you're right there, Rick. You um, not too much over there. Yeah. Some work done. Yeah. I mean, I literally gave you my answer as well, Ben, and that's really annoying. Um, <laughs> well, you gave me two answers to choose from. <laughs> She'd like to know how many are left, mate. 
Yeah, sure. That would that would definitely fill me with confidence that I can get one. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Well, this this will hopefully. Never mind. You keep thinking about it. I'll keep you out. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Vlasic. Vlasic. What's the first name? Oh fuck! I don't know. <laughs> but how do you spell Vlasic? V L A S I C H. I know. I'm not H. Sorry, I C. It doesn't matter. It's not on here anyway. You lose. Sorry, mate. Ben is the winner. Um. <laughs> the one you guys are gonna. And I was just gonna rattle off, you know. We, guys are gonna, we, we missed Meeks, didn't we? Oh, we said Meeks, didn't we? Meeks. Katrina Gori. Yeah, no, Rick. Rick said Katrina Gori. That's fine. Um, yeah. Ben, you're right. Catherine Canuli would have been on there. Um, mm. uh, Laura Alloway, Lauren Colthorpe. Laura Alloway. And the biggest one, no oh, one yes, said. Lauren Colthorpe. I'd forgotten. To make a butt or to make a yellow. Yeah, that's that's what that's I said. It. I said, did we, did we miss Meeks? <laughs> oh, sorry, Meeks. I thought sorry, about that said, straight after I said Mac. I thought you said Minnie. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, Meeks. No one said Meeks. What's going on? Your first guess. No. I, no one I, mentioned it. Five grand finals. Yeah. Wow. My, okay. my, my breaker was going to be who appeared in the most grand finals, and that was the answer, but no one got there at all. But anyway, um, well done, Ben. I, but I thought she would have been said. But anyway. I actually honestly yeah. thought we'd said it. That's why I didn't say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, Ben. That's your uh, that's your your day's game for today. Do you guys want to do some tipping? Tipping? Yeah, let's do tipping. Wow, that went for like eleven minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Suck shit, editor guy. Um, tipping. So we got a we got about eleven or so games this this time round. So we'll just get straight into it. Um, a league starting off with Central Coast Melbourne City. Ben, I'm gonna go with the draw. Thanks. I will. Uh, I'm gonna tip. Um, yeah, I think a draw is probably fair. Actually, no, I'm going to tip City on that one. Pricey? This was Adelaide City, you said? Um, Central Coast. Central Coast. Oh, City. Central Coast City. Sorry. Draw. Uh, Rick, you originally said CCM in the in the previous tips. you guys back that? I'm, I'm backing it. Yeah, nice. fair enough. I reckon Adelaide, <laughs> Adelaide versus Perth uh, in Adelaide. Uh, I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to... Fuck, who knows what's going to happen with Perth. So I'm going to back Adelaide. Pricey? I'll go Perth. Haggis is on fire. Uh, and what do you reckon, Rick? Uh, Perth. Come Ben. It's home team? Adelaide. I'm going to go with Adelaide, thanks. Well, it's not like Perth are going home this week, is it? Uh, that's right. Not for any, not for a while yet. They're going to be doing a tour of the east coast of Australia, I think. Brisbane versus Melbourne victory uh, in Brisbane, of course. Um, pricey. Uh, Brisbane for me, please. Rock. Brisbane. Ben. Brisbane, please. Yeah, I'm in Brisbane as well. Uh, MacArthur versus Western Sydney in the fucking Western Sydney Derby Cowbell Brigade. Uh, Rick. Cover like a week ago? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Rick. I'm going to go Western Sydney. God. Draw. Yeah, I too will tip a draw on this one. You reckon, Pricey? MacArthur. Oh, you the stupid cowbell. No, don't. No, I'm not, I'm not supporting the cowbell. But they will win that. Is, Newcastle, is, isn't this for the Centrelink Cup? Except Western Sydney won't be able to afford to go there because fifty dollars a ticket. There's no way someone from Western Sydney can afford fifty bucks. <laughs> no way, unless they have a really good week. Newcastle versus Melbourne City. Ben, City, please. Yeah, I'm on City with that one as well. Pricey. Uh, let's go a draw. And uh, Rick, I'll go City. Central Coast versus Western United. Uh, their Central Coast second game in four days. I I'm gonna. Yep. It's also City's um, um, second game in four days as well. 
Yeah, this is true. This is true. Uh, I'm going to tip Western. I think the Foils are going to fall off. Western United. Pricey. Uh, let's back the Mariners in. I think I've said those words for a long time. Western United. <laughs> And Ben, you're all please. Oh, you're becoming splinters, mate. Sydney versus Wellington in uh, in that shithole. Uh, Pricey. Ah, uh, Sydney. Sydney. Unfortunately, Sydney. Yes, yeah, Sydney. They are a better side. If Wellington um, score, we won't see it. So you know that'd be nice. That's right. That's that's the rule for Fox Sports. Uh, uh, back to the dub. Melbourne City on uh, I think it's Thursday night, uh, hosting Perth. Rick, you originally tipped Melbourne City. Is that what you're sticking with for this one? Yeah, City for me, thanks. Yeah, I'm on City for this one as well. Uh, I thought so. Three days later, Melbourne victory then host Perth. So the Perth girls are just playing back-to-back games in the dub three days apart, because why not? Ben? Victory. Yeah, victory for me as well. I think this is pretty clear-cut. What do you reckon, Prizy? Yeah, victory. I think Perth of that crash lot and... Stuck away and from Victory. Uh, same day. Again, Melbourne City also playing three days later. Uh, you've got them going away to Western Sydney Wanderers this time around. I think Western Sydney will get up on this one. What do you reckon, Pricey? Just go a draw. Wanderers, please. I'll wait your turn, Ben. It's Rick's turn. Might go a draw that one. And so what would you say there, Ben? Yeah, Wanderers, thanks. Lastly, on the 8th uh, is Sydney FC hosting Canberra. Two top teams in the league at the moment. So... Quite a good game. I see. Despite in what good form Michelle Heyman is in, I will go for Sydney FC. Rick. Canberra. Ben. Please. Yeah, I'm going to back the draw on this one as well. I think this will be Sydney FC's first points dropped and uh, leave the door open a little bit for Brisbane to come in a, a week or so later. And that's the tipping. Uh, actually, I should give you some scores because we didn't do the scores. We've had a few, a couple of weeks off. So this is just an overall score. We won't harp into the specifics, but... Currently in, what's that, equal uh, equal sixth place is Dan, last year's winner, on 20. And Yeshiba, the man who's tipping just the away sides, is on 20. So he's uh, he's not doing too bad, given that Dan's there with him. Um, one point ahead, though, Pricey and Rick. Oh, sorry, Pricey, Rick and Ben, all on 21. Mm. So uh, you guys are keeping pace with that uh, with Dan and Yeshiba there. Um, the listeners have got a couple ahead again. Um, they're on twenty three, but I myself, I'm on the I'm ahead of the pack. I'm on twenty four. So it's only four points from top to bottom. But uh, and with about eleven games up this week, this will uh, hopefully shuffle the pack a bit there too. But um, yeah, keep hoping very, that, and then we we'll, we keep hoping that, and then we all all the scores end up about the same anyway. So, yeah, yeah, that's know, right. I did notice that. Um, and. Uh, by the way, shout out to Angus Barnes who on Yellow Fever tipping got six out of six in the A League last weekend. That's um yeah, pretty, that's pretty good going. Pretty, that is pretty good going. Um, none of us even managed. Well, only Dan managed to get six out of ten across both. So uh, yeah, that's pretty good stuff. We did actually have a good bad ugly, even though we didn't put them out. But uh, Wooly Bruin got in touch because he loves getting in touch. Does old Wooly, and uh, just the so I just thought we should, we should actually recognise him. Uh, good structure worked well in the first half. Fell apart a bit in the second uh, when the subs came on, but top of the league. Dylan Wenzel Hall's top scorer at the moment. Good places to be. Bad. Sydney holding us up for the kickoff. Fuck Sydney. Ugly. Dylan's Yorker nutmegging the Adelaide keeper. Even Croken would have saved that, he reckons. <laughs> 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 so, um, yes. So, thank you for getting in touch, Woolly. That's a big call saying Croken would save anything. <laughs> Well, I'm glad he just jinxed Croke him into having a man of the match performance on the weekend. 
Um, of course, if you do want to get in touch with us, uh, Facebook.com, The Rawcast, a great spot to be. Um, on Twitter, at The Rawcast as well, which is also where you can uh, get involved in the tipping as the listeners. So the, the thread of polls, just follow them down and tip away. Uh, and yeah, then, uh, yeah, they'll be up tomorrow, Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, they'll be up by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, AnchorFM.com. Anchor.fm slash the broadcast is where we upload these, but then it's spit out to just about everywhere Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, any other good podcasting platform, and you can come and find us. So, and uh, I reckon that'll about do us. Thank you very much for joining us, gentlemen. It's been a big, long episode again, but then plenty of football to talk about and good football to talk about. So, that made it much more enjoyable. So, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Dave. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much for joining us, Rick. Thanks, Bryce. And Mr. Ben Clark, thank you, good sir. Thanking you, Mr. Price. No worries. Excellent. We'll catch you in another week's time. Bye-bye, listeners.